Welcome back to Something Ominous. This is your host, Jessica. And I'm Karina. And this is episode 13. 13. Lucky number 13. Oh, yes. <laughs> Lucky number 13. I didn't think of that. Dude, it almost feels weird because we skipped last week. And now I feel kind of weird recording, don't you? Like, I feel like I haven't done this in a long time. Yeah, I feel the same way. I was like, no, I need to get the energy. I know. I'm sorry. Y'all. Honestly, I feel like we just needed a break. We oh. didn't really take a break from Christmas, New Year's. Mm-hmm. And then there's just like so much going on. I'm like, okay, we just need a little break to catch up with everything. But yeah, we're back. The holidays were rough. They were rough on us. No more days off. Yeah. But are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, there's like no more big holidays coming up, except your birthday. Uh, happy, yeah. happy birthday to Jessica. Technically, it's probably what happened yesterday. Oh, yeah. Thinking about like the uploading day or whatever. Yeah, it was so, yesterday. Yeah, happy birthday. Woohoo. How do you feel? Younger. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Full of life. But my knees hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and my back hurts. Everything hurts. All right. So who's going first this time? I'm pretty sure I am because I left y'all with that oh, little oh my freaky God. episode. <laughs> Let's uh, not talk about that. <laughs> Forgot that happened for a boy. I need a break. No, <laughs> Man, that episode was rough to record. Yeah, it was, so it was hard to get through. Okay, no, I'll get started. For many years, witches have been part of pop culture. We see them in movies and shows. For example, Cinderella, The Wizard of Oz, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, And my favorites, The Vampire Diaries and the originals, just to name a few. They use their magic to cast spells, and some of these witches use their magic to harm people. Today's episode is about witches, but not just any witches, but the witches that terrorized the Aztecs and were said to suck the blood of children. (gasps) They say that some of these witches still exist. So witches date back to pre-Columbian era, but these witches that the Aztecs feared were not your typical European-American witch. What made you a witch was determined on the day you were born. So they had a one wind and then one rain. If you were born on the one wind date, you had supernatural powers. These witches were called Mometskopinki. So they say that these witches were able to remove their limbs and exchange them with the bird's legs or wings, and sometimes even their beaks. Because of their supernatural abilities, they were able to unscrew their body parts and hide them under their home. Switching their body parts gave them the ability to fly, and their bird of choice being a guajolote or an owl, which is where I think the whole like owls are witches thing came from. And I googled a picture of what Mometskopinki looks like and it's literally the legs of an owl and then the like her body and then the wings of an owl and it looks like an owl but a human at the same time so this wasn't the only way that they like to travel they were known to roam at night and disguise their appearance by forming into balls of fire people were able to see these balls of fire moving on top of the cerros until they reached the village yeah like no it just reminded me because remember my the mom story. has said like she my mom has said that she would, like, go outside and, like, watch the witch. And she's like, oh, see, like, salíamos a ver mm-hmm. las brujas. And we're like, how do you, like, how do you how go do you out know? and see a witch? And she's like, no, son como unas bolas de, de luz. Yeah, and you could see them. I knew you were going to think of that Yeah, like, story. as soon as you said that, I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then I thought of the story about my mom. Well, not my mom, but her friend that followed a witch for oh, hours, yeah. remember? Mm-hmm. When Historias del Rancho. And she was following that ball of fire or light. And apparently till this day, they say that people still see them. So, really? mm. so once they arrived to the village, 
they would look for any baby to feed on their blood. They would collect the blood with their beaks and save it so they can feed for the next few days. Then they would repeat the journey again. They preferred baby's blood because it was a symbol of life and youth. It was also the only thing that they were able to consume. So they couldn't drink any of our blood or drink some of the elders' blood if they had no choice, like if there was no babies around because they needed the blood to continue. But they preferred the baby's blood because it gave them one energy and kept them younger. Mm-hmm. So like vampires, they would suck the blood from the neck or through their nose or mouth. In the morning, the baby would be found with blood flowing from the nose or mouth. Other reports indicate that there were traces of animal teeth or small red marks on different parts of the body. Now with the arrival of the Spaniards, Momitsko Pinky slowly started to change. Influenced by the European witch, she now traveled using a broom and carrying her familiar behind her. So most popular being a cat. They would also be seen with a dog, a rat, a pig, a bird. I mean, any animal the witch wanted. Now, I always think of like Sabrina, the teenage witch. She had her familiar, the cat. They still consumed baby's blood. But instead of drinking the blood, they now used a cauldron to cook the blood and make it into moronga. Wait, are you talking about like moronga? Wait, isn't yes. that a food? Yes. <laughs> I didn't know what moronga was, so uh-huh. I had to Google. I have never heard of it, but it's pretty much sausage made out of coagulated blood like legit just blood sausage now you won't find this in the united states because it's actually banned here due to sanitary purposes but (laughs) this is something that originated in mexico um you can also find this food in argentina cuba colombia puerto rico and in central america i just thought it was kind of nasty i know it's a food but it was nasty and i asked my mom yeah no it looks really nasty i asked my mom what was it and she's like it's it's blood, but like they use the pig's blood and the intestine and they yeah. like blend it all together. Just like uh-huh. it's so good. And I was like, ew. Yeah, no, I th- wasn't. Weren't you there when we were talking about it? Who was it? Or maybe we were telling. I don't remember who we were telling about. Um, is it Moringa or Moronga? Moronga. Moronga. And my dad's like, no, si está bien rico, los tacos y no sé qué, like cuando se cocina. But I'm like, I think it's how you see it in Mexico. They have literally like a block. Yes. Um, oh my god you're right i just i didn't think of it and your mom was saying that it was really good that we should make it and i was like es pura sangre yeah yeah we were just talking about it but in mexico when you see it it literally just looks like a block of just coagulated blood with a bunch of stuff mixed in it because that's how they sell it like they sell it to you raw i think or they can cook it for you but it just doesn't look very appetizing but i don't know how it is when it's cooked i don't know apparently it's really good but i i pass yeah i pass on that With the Spaniards, they also started associating their religious beliefs and the idea that the witches worked side by side with the devil to only limit their blood consumption to babies who weren't yet baptized. This allowed the devil to take over the baby's soul. And I feel like grandma used to say something about baptizing the baby for Mm -hmm. that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was like reading and I was like, oh my God, I remember this. (laughs) I remember hearing something like this. So the people in the villages used a lot of precaution and also had their own rituals to keep these witches away. To prevent any attack of the witches, they were advised to place open scissors under the baby's pillow, have holy water in place, preferably by the baby's crib, say a prayer, pins or knives in strategic places around the house or near the infant's headboard. Even with the guard dog, the people in the villages weren't safe when a baby was at home. So apparently what the witches would do is that they were able to mist like a sleeping substance to the dogs and they would fall asleep immediately. 
And I feel like I've heard of the whole open scissors stuff. I haven't heard of it being placed under a baby's pillow, but I think maybe like outside of the crib or something. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like under a baby's pillow is like dangerous. Yeah, I know. I like saw that more too. dangerous than. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, this was like back in the days with the right, ass right. So yeah. I'm pretty oh, sure like, okay. you know, it has changed. Did they even have scissors back then? I don't know. <laughs> but that's what it said. Okay. And again, I did write on here. I mean, who knows if it worked? Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to try everything. I mean, I feel like now we try everything. Like, we don't fucking know mm-hmm. if it works. But we're going to try it. It's all in your mind. Okay. And another thing, they said that the witches would mainly target female babies because you know how they say like a mother's bond to the male Mm -hmm. is stronger so they noticed that the mom would leave a female baby unattended much longer than they would a male baby Mm -hmm. so there were more female babies dying from witches Mm -hmm. than male babies interesting so yeah that was pretty interesting i was like oh poor girls i know it's kind of fucked up tell me about it (laughs) i'm kidding (laughs) in the city of ixtapaluca mexico there's a legend of a group of witches living under the caves. So in Ixtapaluca, there's a cerro or a hill called Tlapacoya, but it's best known as El Cerro del Elefante or the Elephant's Hill because of the shape of an elephant. El Cerro del Elefante is considered a mystical place that draws the attention of many due to its legend and history. And then something super interesting that I came across was that archaeologists found human remains in the area that date back more than 25,000 years, like under El Cerro del Elefante. Yeah, super neat. And they also found over 600 prehistoric drawings inside the caves of El Cerro del Elefante where these witches are at. Mm. I feel like we've probably seen it because it's not far from La Ciudad de México or Nesa. Mm -hmm. It's an hour away from La Ciudad de México and I want to say maybe like 45 minutes away from Nessa. So I know we've passed yeah, and so seen it. Yeah, we probably passed by it. So I was like looking around the maps to get an idea of how everything looked because I was picturing it like a small town, kind of like Bernal, where we went to Peña de Bernal. Mm-hmm. You know how it's like so small, mm-hmm. not so populated, but no, it's it's very populated. And I'm guessing because it's so close to La Ciudad de Mexico, there's lots of buildings, lots of houses. So I was picturing more like a village and nothing like a village. Residents of the area say that during the day, the witches blend in and interact with the community. They say that majority of these witches living under the caves are business owners that you'll find during the day in the mercados. There is an old lady who walks the streets every day carrying a basket full of fruits and vegetables for sale. She's like one of those regular vendors that walk down the street like frutas, Mm -hmm. vegetales, you know, Mm -hmm. in the mornings that you hear. So she's one of those vendors. And at the end of her workday, she's been seen walking through the cerro and disappearing. Mm -hmm. So allegedly, she walks the night as a witch ready to steal a baby that she sees while she does her sales for fruits and vegetables. So whatever house she goes to, if she hears a baby or she sees a baby, they say that apparently she goes to these houses at night Mm -hmm. to steal the babies. Now, it's crazy because apparently people fear a lot of the women from this area. Oh my <laughs> like, they legit fear them. Yeah. So if you're born in the area, you're automatically considered a witch. Mm-hmm. Or if you're born, like, let's just say we move there and you're born there. Of course, we're not. We wouldn't be considered one because we moved there. But if it's a family that's been living there for years, they're considered to have a witch bloodline. Mm-hmm. There's abuelitas saying, no te cases con ella. Like, don't marry her because she's a witch. Like, that's how like much they fear. from this area. Yeah, that's how much wow. people fear 
the women from Ixtapaluca. Mm -hmm. So then there's this story that I found. Um, I couldn't verify it. I was searching everywhere for the case, but found it in one of the articles. Back in the 1960, there was a party in the area where a three-month-old went missing. The baby was asleep in her crib while everyone else was enjoying the party. They searched everywhere for the baby, and she was nowhere to be found. A few days later, her body was found in a ravine by the Cerro with vampire-like markings on her neck and body. Everyone in the area believed a witch had something to do with it because of the markings. So nowadays, you can see pregnant women wear a safety pin, wearing something red, and instead of putting open scissors under the baby's pillow, they now hang the scissors on the doors. And then I am going to be ending the story with something very sad. So you know how I mentioned the whole like 600 prehistoric paintings? Well, in 2015, a company started mining for stones and crystals in the area, ruining a lot of the caves, destroying a lot of the paintings or drawings. And now there's only about 30 left. Oh, that sucks. That does suck. I know. So the people in the area are so hurt because that cerro has been there for years yeah like it's like it's a treasure exactly yeah that was like their thing the company was stopped but they had already ruined most of the history in the area and they apparently were working illegally because they didn't have any of the permits up to date or correct it fucking sucks Mm -hmm. it wasn't even legal no they weren't even working legally they just went ahead and ruined all the history i wonder if they at least like took pictures of it so they can study them and see like what what the pictures meant. Oh, they did. Archaeologists took a lot of pictures. The only thing that I couldn't find is the bodies, like the human remains, if they're still there. I'm pretty sure they're not. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. they were recovered. I saw a video on, I think it was YouTube, when I was checking for the caves, because I also didn't want to put like fake information. I wanted to make sure that there really was caves. So I was like searching everywhere. There's videos of people that go and investigate at night to see if they really see a witch. But there's one video, one of the guys went during the day And at night, but I watched the one during the day and you can clearly see some of these drawings on the rocks inside the caves. You can also see where people go and do rituals as they're walking through. They're saying, like, be careful because a rock can fall because they've done so much mining in the area that it's not stable under the caves anymore. Mm. But yeah, that's my story about the witches. Dude, actually, I feel like I would like to see the light that my mom says. Even my mom's like, like, a ver si vamos un día and like. Nos quedamos a ver si vemos brujas or whatever. I would love like to. not the actual witch, but just like the light that Moving. they talk about. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would actually really like to see that too. Because yeah. it was pretty consistent. Like my mom would say, like I think she would tell her sisters, like vamos afuera para ver las brujas, and they would go. I think they would go to the roof, and they would just like lay down and watch the brujas fly. Yeah, yeah. I hear that a lot. I do remember my mom saying that that they would see the the light. So it isn't El Rancho. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's legit if it's from El Rancho. I know, right? <laughs> ready i'm ready okay so have you heard of yosemite national park of course i want to go me too let's do it dude i've been wanting to hike there so bad have you heard a clacking i had a cough drop in my mouth i am very (laughs) sorry everybody i can't edit that out but yes i want to go so bad i want to go hiking but first i feel like i need to get a little active before i throw myself (laughs) out there Because, like, I don't want to get stranded. Um, So it's one of the most popular national parks here in the U.S. And it's also pretty haunted. I struggled a bit with this case because it's 
such a huge national park and there's so many things that have happened here in past history and in the present time. Yosemite was originally the home of the Native Americans. In 1849, when gold was discovered in California, many groups of people started moving in. Soon, conflict began between the groups and that caused the Mariposa Indian War. The Euro-American militia drove the Awanichi people into reservations, taking away their homes and land. And by drove the Awanichi people into reservations, I mean they killed a lot of people. I hate people. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I hate this part of history. So like I mentioned, Yosemite National Park is located in California, about a three and a half hour drive from San Francisco. It's known for its beautiful waterfalls, glaciers, mountains, and in the southern part of Yosemite, you can find the massive sequoia trees. Have you heard of those? No. They're like these huge, like, oh my Maybe gosh, they're massive trees. Actually, yes, I have. Yeah, have you? I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of it, but if you see a person standing next to a sequoia tree, it's the funniest thing. So like I said, there are different legends found in Yosemite. One is about the dangers that lurk around the waterfalls, specifically in Brighter Veil Falls. There's a legend of the Awanichi tribe that says two women went to the waterfalls to gather grasses to make a basket. One of the women got too close to the edge and was suddenly swirled up in a mist that dragged her into the waterfalls and was never seen again. The mist is known as pohono and means evil wind. It's believed that Pohono imprisons your spirit in the mist and will not be freed until your spirit claims another. Oh. Yeah. So a lot of people have died here, like getting close to the edge. And the Awanichi tribe believes that it's the evil wind, the Pohono. And have you ever heard of night crawlers? I feel like I have. I had to, but, but I'm like, you know, whenever you hear night crawler, like you don't know what to picture. What to yeah. Expect. Well, apparently there's footage of night crawlers that were caught on camera walking through Yosemite woods. The caption of the video says that a retired couple was having trouble with break-ins in their Yosemite private property and aimed their security camera at the driveway to video any visitors. So what they captured was two creepy looking creatures crossing the woods. And I'm going to show you the video so that you can... You watch the video? Yeah. I'm actually very curious about stuff like this. Look. I don't know if you can see, but it kind of crosses behind the tree and then it's like walking. It looks like they're wearing a robe. Is that what it is? Yeah, it looks like they're wearing a robe, but you can only see the head and like two long legs. Yeah. Kind of like an A shape. What the fuck? Right. It's so weird. That's interesting. Then I've never heard of the night crawlers. I was picturing something completely different. Maybe I've heard of it, but I was thinking it was something else. So yeah, it has a round head, is really made up of two long legs. And I will attach the video to the show. What's it called? The show notes? Yeah. We can also put it on the Instagram post. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'd be cool. So they're walking down a hill in a very slow motion and almost seem to like sway as they're walking. There's not really an explanation as to what these beings are, but I read that when the Awanichi were questioned, they explained that they are a peaceful race of beings that came from another planet to rebuild the union between man and nature. So I feel like they pretty much like aliens that -hmm. come from another planet and they're here just to bring peace. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because they don't look scary. Yeah, they're not really, they're not like crawling or like creeping around. They're just just out for a stroll. (laughs) Wobbling around. (laughs) So there's a ghost around Grouse Lake and it's known to be the oldest ghost and was first reported by Glenn Park, who was a park ranger in 1857. 
Clark reported that he heard a wailing or like a loud crying sound near Grouse Lake. He thought it might be a dog in distress and asked a local native tribe about it, who warned him that it was not a dog and to stay away from it. He later found out that a boy had recently drowned in the lake and calls out for help to whoever wanders close. Oh, that's so sad. I know. That one's sad. But imagine dying and then you're just like reliving your same trauma over and over. Like anyone that you hear, you call for help. And they just ignore you. Okay. The next encounter I have is from Reddit user Nils11. And it is my favorite encounter. You'll see why. It goes like this. This experience I am going to describe has taken a while for me to get together and actually write down. I have experienced a few paranormal things, but this is the craziest of all of them. It takes place in Yosemite National Park in August of 2017 with my two best friends, Zach and Andrew. Zach had worked that summer as a parking agent at Glacier Point and was pretty familiar with the area. His employee housing he was given was a house in Wawona with two other guys. Andrew and I were visiting for the week and had each been to Yosemite before. One of the nights there, we decided to watch the sunset over Chinoalna Falls. It was a great hike that Zag had done before. The trail was about four miles to the top with about a 2,000 foot elevation gain. We brought food and decided to hike up and take a swim and eat at the pools on top of the falls. We set out a couple of hours before sunset. As we approached the top, we were about a half mile to the top of the falls where a guy about our age, early 20s, ran up to us from the bushes frantically asking for help. His friend had fallen 50 feet off a cliff and had shattered a femur. Wow, had, that's it? Yeah, right? 50 feet off. That They'd be dead. No, <laughs> that's true. I, I wonder if he like rolled off. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, that's... Maybe however the cliff was. Mm-hmm. Zach was used to this. After working in the park all summer, he had seen many injuries. The man didn't have cell reception, but I did. So I called 911 and reported the accident. After a few minutes, we decided we wanted to continue the hike after the search and rescue assured us that they would be there soon with a helicopter. We told the guy help was on his way and we continued the next half mile up to the top of the falls. When we got up there, it was a picture perfect scene, a beautiful sunset as we swam and ate. We then got an amazing show as we saw the helicopter land to pick up the injured guy we just encountered right below us. After the sunset, we began to hike down and pass the spot where the injured guy and search and rescue was taking care of him. We had a brief encounter with them and they thanked us for calling it in. It was now dark out and we continued the hike down. There wasn't much moonlight. It was pretty dark so we used our phones as flashlights to see the trail. This is where the story gets interesting. The top of the hike has switchbacks with a steep incline on the right and a steep decline on the left with shrubs and trees. It was definitely too steep to hike down, hence the switchbacks. So on a side note, a switchback, because we had to look it up because I have no idea. Like, I don't really know hiking, so I don't know what a switchback is. But for those that don't know, switchbacks is like a type of zigzag trail to go up a mountain. Like if a mountain is too hard to hike up, it'll, it'll have like a zigzag to go up or down it. About one mile into the hike down, Zach was in front with a light. I was second, also shining my light. And Andrew was in the back. Zach was shining his light ahead and saw something sticking out from behind a tree that was about 15 feet ahead just off the right of the path and instinctively shined the light at it. That's when, whatever it was, exposed itself from the tree and ran across the path, down to the left and down the steep grade. It ran on two feet and resembled some sort of humanoid. It was a little shorter than us and very clearly had two arms and two legs, but it moved in an inhuman kind of way. It kind of resembled a person. It had a head and its limbs, but appeared to be just skin, no clothes on at all. We all three saw it and stopped dead in our tracks. 
We continued shining the light to where it ran down to the left side of the mountain, but didn't see anything after it ran down. Dude, ballsy. I'd be like running away. Oh, I know. I'd be hey, running the other nah. side. <laughs> Let's go. I'd be like, helicopter, um, I need a ride. <laughs> <laughs> we were absolutely terrified. None of us really knowing what to say because we had no idea what we just saw. The worst part was that we had another three mile hike down and mile and a half from the trailhead to Zach's house. All while knowing that this creature could be stalking us and was near. <laughs> no. Dude, this is the worst. This is the <laughs> scary part about hiking. Luckily, we made it to his house terrified and exhausted, but without harm. Whatever it was must have been just as scared of us as we were at it. My question is if anyone else has had a similar experience in that area. I've done some research and my best guess would be a skinwalker, but it didn't try to lure us into the forest with it. We had a subsequent experience a couple years later in Tioga Pass right outside of the Tioga gate of the park. In the middle of the night, I woke up to pee, and before exiting the tent, I saw an orb about five feet from the tent floating across with a bright light. I don't think it was a person because Zach, Andrew, and I all saw the orb floating across, and there wasn't anyone around us. Our friend Jackson was also in the tent, and in the morning told us he felt rocks getting thrown at the tent all night long, along with hearing footsteps near all night. Does anyone have similar experiences? I'd love to hear them. We all know what we saw, and we know that it was not human. And I also believe it was not a skinwalker. Because I hear they try to mimic and they want to take you. This yeah. thing was running away. Yeah. So I wonder if it was like another type of night crawler. Probably. But you know how they also say that in the forest there's like portals? Mm. What if it was an alien? And they got oh, scared yeah. and it ran away. Mm -hmm. I mean. I've also heard that aren't skinwalkers really tall? Very. Almost like, like Slenderman kind of. Yeah, that's um, what they say. Like really tall, long, but it was similar in that it's like all skin, no clothes. I mean, I've yeah. seen stories or heard stories where the alien, because there's many different types of aliens mm -hmm. according to people. Actually, my next thing was there's also sightings of UFOs and Bigfoot. I read that second to Washington state, California has the most reports of Bigfoot sightings. What? Mm-hmm. So you could see all kinds of things in this national park. Another thing that I found interesting was that Yosemite even has its own Bermuda Triangle known as Tanaya Canyon. Yes. Oh, you've heard of this? Yes. There's a lot of unsolved disappearances and deaths in this canyon. Ron Kauk, who is a legendary climber, told SF Gate that he felt a mysterious force pulling on his sleeping bag. It was like something came around in a teasing kind of way. Tanaya Canyon itself is really dangerous. It's made of that smooth granite, um, and there's many reports of falls, helicopter rescues, and deaths. There's even a park sign at the entrance that says travel beyond this point is dangerous. Of course, there's a dark history in this canyon since it was a site of a bloody conflict during the Mariposa Indian War. Tanaya who was the last known chief of the Awanichi people, was devastated after his son was shot and killed during the war. On that day, he said, You may kill me, sir, captain, but you shall not live in peace. I will follow in your footsteps. I will not leave my home, but be with the spirits among the rocks, the waterfalls, in the rivers, and in the wind. Wheresoever you go, I will be with you. You will not see me, but you will fear the spirit of the old chief and grow cold. The great spirits have spoken. I am done. This is now known as the Yosemite Curse. And that is it. You know, there's also like a massive volcano in Yosemite that can pretty much, if it erupts, like we're fucked. Oh, really? I yeah. did not know that. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. I kind of was looking more into like just 
the urban legends and the ghosts and stuff, but I did not hear about that. Did you ever watch Missing 411? Is there a documentary? It's a documentary and it talks about all the missing cases in national parks. Mm. Yeah. No, I haven't. But now I'm really interested. I actually find like national park hauntings really interesting. Me too. And that, I think that's the only reason that if I was to go, I need to go with someone that knows or like book a hike with a professional because I'd be scared. Yeah. I wouldn't know what to do. And then you hear things about the forest just going quiet where there's you don't you don't hear any noise you don't mm -hmm. hear no birds it just suddenly goes quiet and that's because there's like something yeah. out there oh it's like so many things that could happen in there but i love hearing about it but yeah that was my <laughs> case well, that was a good one i really enjoyed it i know you've been wanting to do a national forest for a while yeah yeah i was really excited just because i've been kind of trying to get into hiking a little bit more but there's literally like nowhere to hike here in houston so <laughs> I mean, I just you can videos. drive to Huntsville. I could drive to, yeah, that's true. But, you know, I went on a trail and I was so paranoid about everything. Like any little rattle of the leaves and I'm like, oh, what's that? what is that? What is that? Like I just kept seeing. And then there were so many freaking spiders. Um, but anyway, I will get into hiking <laughs> <laughs> sooner or later. We can do it. We can master this together, Gutty. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed our episode and follow us on social media, TikTok at Something Ominous. Instagram is Something Ominous Podcast. YouTube is Something Ominous. And then don't forget to send your stories to somethingominouspod at gmail.com. And if you like our podcast, don't forget to rate us. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.